there. Welcome to this month's installment of Brass Chats, brought to you by Monster Oil. <laughs> oh, what is this, 2%? <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Brass Chats. Today we are sitting down with Thomas Rolfs, principal trumpet of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Uh, for the last two decades, Thomas, thank you so much for being here. Nice to meet you, Chris. Um, so Boston Symphony, yes, opened up about a week ago. Opening night, how'd it go? Uh, what great new boss. New boss. First, first time I've had a boss younger than me, and he also happens to be a former trumpet player. So I'm not sure if that's good or bad. He's a trumpet player. He's a former oh, no. trumpet player and a very good trumpet player. So. Uh, oh. we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting. Great, great. Um, so is it easy to get back into the swing of things uh, after a summer at Tanglewood? Uh, yeah, it is. I, I'm used to it after all these years, but it is... Uh, uh, Tanglewood has a great hall. It's an outdoor hall, but it's better than a lot of orchestras' primary hall. So we go from a really good hall into the you know, symphony hall, which is one of the great halls of the world. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's a slightly different schedule. Tanglewood comes fast and furious. Uh, more rehearsals in the winter season uh, when we're here in the, in the fall at, at Symphony Hall. Oh, great, great. So um, when you're at Tanglewood, um, you do a lot of teaching. It's I do. basically yeah. the whole thing, right, with Tanglewood. Well, not um, the whole thing. It's a lot of playing and a lot of teaching. It's actually really busy for, really for busy. us. Yeah. So how do you like the teaching aspect? Because we, we all know you for your, your principal yeah, trumpet yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Um, how do you like the teaching side of it? I love teaching at Tanglewood because we get great, great young players at Tanglewood. So we have, and it's all the brass, so I spend time with all the brass. And many, many of us in the BSO do spend time. So they're, they're, they're now sprinkled all over the country in orchestras, and so it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Tell me how you got your start on trumpet. Uh, I got my start, uh, in, like many people, in elementary school. I played piano before that and didn't like it much, didn't, didn't take to that. And then... Uh, my, uh, you know, my my mother made me play an instrument, so it was trumpet. And so you just went to band, and you were selected yeah. to play trumpet, I, or no? You I played trumpet because my dad played trumpet, and oh. he was actually quite a good trumpet player. And uh, but uh, I didn't really want to play back then. But very shortly after, maybe a few months, I realized that it actually came easier to me than a lot of the other kids, and I started getting positive feedback. And I was quite shy back then, so it, trumpet really helped helped me a lot in my life, actually, my young life. Just to be more outgoing. Yeah, and stuff just like to be that. more outgoing, a little more, you know, help build confidence, and uh, yeah, it great. was a, it was a great, it was a great part of my life growing up. So when did you make that decision? Okay, trumpet is still fun, but now I can make money at this. I never, I didn't realize that until college. I didn't even know. It was actually when I, after my fresh, my freshman year in college, that that summer I, I was a Tanglewood fellow. And it really wasn't until I was a Tanglewood fellow that I realized that you could actually, I had a vague idea you could make a living, but I really understood what it took to make a living. So it was, it was kind of late for me. I just liked playing trumpet, and I played in bands growing up, and mostly bands. Actually, I think in the, you know, Tanglewood, it was very early in my orchestra um, experience. And that was when you were still in Minnesota? Yeah, University of Minnesota. And uh, after that, you went to Northwestern? Then I went to Northwestern. Um, who did you study with in Northwestern? Well, at Northwestern it was, um, you know, Mr. Chickowitz. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, I spent a lot of time with Mr. Jacobs as well. Okay. Um, what was it like studying with Chickowitz? Chickowitz was very calm, very demanding. Uh, kind of had a, a gentle but firm approach. You know, um, he had a way of explaining things so they were very, very clear. Can you tell me a funny story? 
involving Mr. Tickowitz? Yeah, sure. I played, uh, I was working on post horn solo with him, and um, I kept cracking the high A, and he, I could tell he was getting really frustrated with me, and then and then it, I'd play it again, I was, get, I was getting more nervous, and he'd get more frustrated, and then he grabbed my trumpet, didn't even change mouthpiece, grabbed my trumpet, and he played it, and he played the high A, and he put it down, and he says, see, I'm an old man, I'm out of shape, and I can play the high A, you know, so, um, yeah, that, so that, he, did get, he did get frustrated. <laughs> so when you were over in the uh, Chicago area, did you ever study with Herseth at all? No, I did a, I did a master class with him. With him? But no, I, so I never was lucky enough to study. He was. He really wasn't teaching uh, uh, much back then. I remember we were in Chicago, and everyone's trying to get a lesson with him. And then he gave this lesson to this, you know, attractive young Swedish woman student. I thought, well, wait a minute, what's up with that? You know? <laughs> so, so um, when you were at Northwestern, there's kind of some some famous people in your in your time. My um, class, yeah. Your class, oh, Mark, oh, Hughes, yeah. Mark Hughes, over in Principal in Houston. Yep, yep, Mr. Yep. Burnson, yeah. uh, over in Pittsburgh. Bob Dorr in Minnesota. Right. Uh, oh, how am I going to get through all this? You know, <laughs> we had these horn players, you know, Eric Rusk and... Oh, Rusk was in your class. Yeah, Todd oh, wow. Bowermaster uh, is in St. Louis, and John Rings in San Francisco. And, you know, wow. I know I'm missing people, but there's a lot of a lot of really really great. So what was that players. like to oh, to be in college with ridiculous. people like that? Well, you know, when we were at Northwestern, uh, Eric Rusk was the star. You know, none of us could keep up with Eric Rusk. Okay. And, and I remember I'd always go to, I tell my students this, I would go to the uh, Regenstein, the music hall. I always practice early, and uh, but I was always the second one to the hall. <laughs> Eric was always there, and he'd already had a good full hour <laughs> before I got there. He, 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 was a, he was a pretty special talent. Tell me your road to the Boston Symphony. You're coming out of college, one of the best trumpet studios of yeah. its time. Yeah. Um, what happened between college and the Boston Symphony? Uh, college of Boston, I went up to, I, I freelanced for a short time in Chicago because I, and I was, I was, uh, lucky enough to have a connection there. It was a, a fellow who, I was a f who was also a fellow at Tanglewood uh, when I was there. And he was a pretty successful freelancer in Chicago, so he got me a lot of work. Then I went up and played second trumpet in St. Paul Chamber Orchestra for, I don't know, five or six years. And then came to, then I started, then I took five auditions and, um, and eventually settled in Boston. What is something that young players preparing for auditions tend to neglect? Well, boy, that's a that's the a biggest loaded, thing. That's Just a the biggest question. Thing. Well, first of all, you have to play the good sound, good pitch, good rhythm, you know. And then there's all you know, like the framework of being a really good player. You have to have the framework, and a lot of players don't have the framework. And then they get focused on missing notes, or you know, it, it's not about that. You know, some of the best auditions I've ever heard were had missed notes. So you got to get the framework, and then all the good stuff is inside, which is kind of the hard part to figure out. Yes, like the big three you hear people talk about. Um, pitch to me is teachable. Time to me is teachable. Sound concept seems to be the most difficult. I think, I think it depends on the person. I mean, I think the, all three can be difficult depending on who we all have. We all have our own personal strengths and weaknesses yeah. too. I had to. I thought that my pitch was always okay, and I and I thought my sound was okay, but. That's a dangerous statement because all trumpet players think their sound is awesome, right? You know, we're all legends in our own mind. I, for me, I, uh, rhythm is something I had to really f kind of focus on. And early, early in my, when I was younger, that was something that um, 
I didn't think about and concentrate on. So where does your sound concept come from? Oh gosh. Your biggest influence, if I you think, could attribute I it to one sound, Well, I think my sound has kind of stayed, it's kind of been my sound my whole life. And I was encouraged by really good teachers to stay true to what I thought sounded good. And uh, I'd like to think my sound is my sound and not really a, a, a copy of any other sound. Oh yeah. I was expecting you to be like, oh, well, this recording, that recording. No, this no. Is your, it's your I thing. Just, I think it's just, uh, I always kind of had an idea of what I wanted to sound like. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a crazy conductor story? You've been in the orchestra for a couple decades. There's got to be something Okay, I'll, I'll tell you a safety story. So many safety stories. So, which audition was it? My, you know, one, Sagey moved me up. So it was one, the, the audition that I won that he moved me up to assistant principal. And from he, fourth, right? From, from fourth. Yeah, I'm losing track. I've had so many jobs yeah. here. Um, and, he's, and, I, and he had this wonderful tradition. He'd call the player into the winner, into the room, and walk him to the BSO, and you know, and talk about, you know, just, you know, it was, he was a really wonderful, he is a wonderful man. And, he, and uh, so I came in there, and, I, and he said, oh, Tom, Tom, beautiful. First he said, Tom, I have bad news for you. I said, what? He said, you won audition. And he, said, eh, he, he laughed. And he said, oh, Tom, you know, you're, you're hiding didn't like Haydn, cheap instrument, and I and he said, I think you should sell it, <laughs> and so I sold it and I bought it. He was right. It was a bad. It was one of those short shulkies. It was a bad instrument. It was out of tune, and it was like and obviously I was working too hard, and he didn't like it. So, he, so I sold it. Then I went to the coffee shop like a few days later, and it came up, and I had just gotten a bill of sale from Rayburn's Music, and he happened to be in the coffee line, and he came up and hit me in the back, right? He knocked me over. And then I said, I pulled it out and I showed him the bill of sale. So I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a, one of the, the regular, uh, you know, the, the other Shulky, which is the yeah. good Shulky. Is that E5. the E3L? Is that yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the E3L. Awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, in the orchestra, you're doing an insane amount of rep. Um, yeah. How do you keep, how do you prepare week to week? How do you keep yourself? Well, um, you know, as you get older, you, you, you know a lot of it. So then it's just chop maintenance. So earlier, it comes fast and furious, especially at Tanglewood, where you have three or four different programs every week. That's, that's, really, that's really, when you're a young player, that's really hard to get used so, to. So when you're a young player. Thank God I wasn't principal at the beginning. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, that, that would have been a nightmare. So you think having the, the leadership ahead of you yeah. really yeah. set you up yeah, for I success? I played with really experienced players. That's great. You play with Tim Morrison. Tim Morrison. Quite a bit, right? Yeah, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, what's he like? He's awesome. He's a wonderful player, and that I think that might have been my funnest time in the orchestra. You know, when I first when I first joined, and that was the best audition to like the most exciting moment of my professional career when I won the BS audition. I got to play with Tim. I got to play, and especially he was really great in uh, small ensembles. Like playing chamber music with Tim was a real treat. So. Can I ask you a question? You have to answer it if you don't want to. But I've heard a rumor that the, the Sum of the Heroes CD that you guys put out a couple, uh, I don't know when it came out, but yeah. uh, Tim plays a solo. Yeah. On, uh, I hear rumors that he was just never happy with it. Do you know anything about that? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't remember him not being happy with it. Seems like one of those guys that, you know, lays it down, maybe always wants to get it better. Well, I think, aren't we all a little like that? I guess, that's the trumpet player mentality. He, he, uh, I don't remember him having trouble laying anything down. You know, he was, he's a gorgeous player. Yeah, he seems very strong, like everything. Yeah. Um, in addition to performing uh, all the time at a very high level, how important is it to work with colleagues that you get along with um, on and off the stage? 
it's, it, I think, uh, well, it certainly makes the job much more pleasant, you know, and we do get along really well on and off the stage. And um, I think it's, I think you could have, I mean, if you look at a sports team, if you have a, you know, if remember, there are baseball teams that all hate each other and still win. So, you know, so you, you can have, you can have an atmosphere where you don't really care for each other but still play really well together. But fortunately here in Boston, we actually do, we do have a, we do, it's a very friendly atmosphere. Everyone does actually like each other and it's not confrontational. There's no, you know, soap operas or dramas when I come to work and we play well together. Yeah, I think that's something that's attractive about your section is you have three relatively young guys. Yeah. And then you have Tom Rolfs, the, uh, the, the old Boston fart. Symphony. Yeah, the old fart on top. That's <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, uh, the biggest missed note of your life. Do you know when that was? Well, I try to block those out of my memory. Okay, I'll that's tell good. You. Come on, tell us what. <laughs> okay, it was uh, it was Symphonia Domestica. Oh no. And it was da 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 da, and it was the rehearsals, and I was just like, uh, I was just pasting it. <laughs> over and over again, and then um, before the concert, and Andre Previn was conducting, and uh, after the last rehearsal, Andre Previn's uh, assistant came up to me and she said, "Oh, Andre, he says that's the best he's ever heard that high C. He just he's really so excited to hear you play." And it's like, really? So and then. Then before the concert, she comes to me and says, I'm really looking forward to hearing that high <laughs> C. And then I started freaking out. You know, like, like you know, like, you don't want to hear that. You know? No. You don't want to hear that. And so I completely demolished the, you know, <laughs> the first high C. Then after that, it was fine. But the first one was a disaster. Surprised. So that was pretty embarrassing for me. <laughs> That's a great story. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't say those high Cs. You know. Good thing. I, I would have missed all of them. <laughs> Uh, what is the biggest difference between trumpet playing in the 60s and trumpet playing today? Orchestral. I think it was more interesting in the 60s. You had a lot of really wide variety of styles and players. I, I, I love listening to all those old players from the 60s. They're fantastic. Who is who? Are some of your favorites? Oh, I had a bunch of favorites. You know, I, you know, Gil Johnson. What a beautiful player. When, and, and then Roger Voisin and Armando Gatala. Bernie Adelstein, how could I forget? He's been Bernie. one of my favorites. Adelstein, you know, yeah. Uh, what a what an underrated player in his time. Everyone talked about Herseth. Herseth, who was amazing. But you know, you hear some of the stuff Bernie did. Oh my goodness, so, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Right? there's some great, great players. And Gil sang like an angel. You know, and now like, it's interesting. Is um, Dave Bilger? I was playing with something with him recently, and I think you said, and I said, you sound like Gil Johnson. You know, like he sings like that too. Really beautiful. And then, oh yeah, and then. Both Voisin and Gatala were just sensational. You know, That's great. You know, and those, the, they're all those are they're all like '60s players, I think. Huh. Maybe maybe I don't have the dates, the decades right. Maybe they're '70s players. I don't know. Um, okay, I don't want to dwindle or linger on this too too much. But did you ever have a low point ever in your career? Uh, yeah, well, sure, sure. I remember I remember uh, right after I got out of Northwestern and I was unemployed and I. So I decided, oh, maybe I'll have to take the LSATs, you know. So I'd have, so I'd lie. I remember you know, I was living in a place in Lincoln Park, but it was the slums of Lincoln Park, you know. I was in the Latin King District, you know. And, uh, you know, it was like, not a great area. I think there was a drug bust right above me. <laughs> so I remember lying in bed, you know, and getting up in the morning and looking at the shelf, the bookshelf up above my bed. I had the LSATs there. 
and then a table that had my trumpets. <laughs> and so I, every morning I made a decision, LSATs or trumpets. So I took the trumpets and went and practiced. But that, that was kind of a low point. What then my father-in-law sent me the power of positive thinking. You know, <laughs> he thought that would fix everything. <laughs> you know, so. uh, what can you say to people who are going through that same sort of discouragement that you were feeling back in the day? You got to stay positive. You got to keep working. You have to. You, you have to have your goal in mind and think about how you're going to achieve that. Be a thinking person. Don't don't be a victim to your circumstance. Figure out a strategy and move through it. Yeah. It's time for the monster round. Uh, these are going to be rapid-fire questions. Just answer, um, and we'll just blow through them. All right. Okay. Uh, your favorite sport? Baseball. Mahler or Mozart? Mahler. Dream car? I don't like cars. Favorite orchestral work? Mahler six. Least favorite? Anything else. <laughs> One and two, <laughs> or third vowel? Uh, both. <laughs> Most neglected part of trumpet playing? Uh, lyricism. What is the best military band in the world? The United States Coast Guard Band or one of the other ones? The United States Coast Guard Band is the greatest band in the history of man and will remain so until the end of time. Um, how much can you bench press? I don't know, I've never done it. <laughs> what is the fastest you've ever driven in a car? Oh, probably 100. Silliest outfit you've ever had to wear on stage? A lime green polka band shirt with fluffy sleeves and lace all over <laughs> I was the ringer in the Jolly Huntsman polka band. I was the only okay. one that could, could, could play because they were all drunk by the yeah. end of the show. <laughs> uh, one person you would like to trade places with for a day? Michael Jordan. Oh. In his prime. In his prime. Not in the Wizards. No. Sorry. Uh, the greatest principal trumpet player of all time, in your opinion? George Majer. Oh. Probably never heard of him. I don't even know who he is. He taught, he was the teacher of all the guys we just talked about. He taught Herseth, he taught oh. Edelstein, he taught, yeah, he was the one that started it all in the United States. <laughs> uh, what size shoe are you? 12, uh, 13. <laughs> What's the first word that comes to your mind right now? This is really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that was several words. Sorry. Um, what music do you want played at your funeral? Well, I, I think I'd like to pass on the music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dizzy or Satchmo? Dizzy. Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I, uh, I can't decide. I, I met both of them, at, by the way. Oh, wow. But yeah, but yeah I, can't, I cannot make it. That's not fair. You can't, you can't, you can't pick one or the other. I fair love enough. both of them. Um, high notes or low notes? Well, there's no money in low notes. <laughs> uh, who currently is the best musician on earth? Oh, wow. Who's my... I have to think about that. There's so many. All right, that's an okay answer. I that's love the, I love uh, Tibidé, the pianist. Oh, wow. I don't know non-trumpet players, so I, oh, I, yeah, I assume yeah. he's great. Yeah. I, um, your favorite place to play the trumpet? Uh, Symphony Hall, yeah. absolutely. Here in Boston. It's the greatest hall in the world. Why wouldn't I say Symphony Hall? Of course. Um, what piece have you never played but want to? Um... I any of the any of those class I let's see I played the I, I played the Jolivet, I played the Tomasi one of the one of the Jolivets the not combat like one of the concertos yeah yeah um, the first piece you ever played in an orchestra I think it was uh, Tchaikovsky five great Thomas Roth's 
Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. We really appreciate yeah, your time. Nice to meet you. It's great talking to you. Great talking to you too. Thank you for watching this month's episode of Brass Chat, brought to you by Monster Oil. If you want to find out when our next video comes out, click here. Or just click here.